0: Chapter One, A Knock on the Door. Nancy Casada was watching her kids play video games after school one day when she heard a knock on the door. town When she looks out the window, she sees a huge man standing by her door.
1: Yo con hijos, pero ya me visto.
0: She runs to hide her kids behind a nook in the kitchen. The pounding, it gets louder and louder.
2: She was completely scared. I mean, this big guy, six point something feet tall, knocking your door and and pushing you to open the door because because he wants to.
0: This is Nancy's cousin, Eric He helped her and her family find a place after they immigrated from Costa Rica. At first, she was terrified, but that was two months earlier. She started to feel more comfortable as time went on. But then, the knock.
2: Violent, and she was thinking that she's going to be taken to jail. You know, because all these urban stories around here, the people just coming and knocking the doors and and getting people without any chance of anything.
0: To be clear, Nancy is in the country legally, but she's afraid because this guy keeps showing up at her front door. In the past, she would ignore him. This time, he won't go away. So, she answers.
1: The
0: man standing there looks down at Nancy. He's wearing what looks like an official government uniform. He has a badge and a stack of
1: papers.
0: He's gruff and intimidating. He starts
2: asking all of these
1: questions. About
2: the rent, how much she was paying, how long she was living in there, who allowed her to come, and a bunch of nonsense questions that um, he even wasn't supposed to ask. I mean, he, he's not even a cop.
0: The man hands her a business card. On that card, printed in small letters, is his actual job title. He's an investigator for the town of Southampton, New York, and he gives Nancy a piece of paper.
1: Nancy
0: says that the paper is in English, so she grabs one of the kids to translate.
1: And
0: the kids started to cry because the document says that Nancy and all of her neighbors, families, children, laborers, house cleaners, They all have 30 days to pack their belongings and leave.
2: But living in this way makes us feel this terror every time. Feeling that somebody's going to come and knock the door telling us that we have to leave the next day. That we have to be out of the door the next day. The kids suffering this. People treating us like, well, you are the poor class of the Hamptons, you have to leave. Well, that that is not true. That is not the way.
0: What are we really talking about when it comes to immigration? Jobs? Taxes? Crime? This story is about all of those things. But it's also about the place where Nancy and Eric live, the Bel Air Cove Motel. It's about the people who live there, those that want them gone, about the government that helps or doesn't. It's about who gets to live in this country and who doesn't.
3: We had folders for over 300 homes. And there was a thought process that possibly someday we could just wheel them into town all and say, here, we have a problem. Hampton Bays is going to implode upon itself if we continue down this road.
2: And at the end of the day, they were upset that they were brown kids that were in the school district.
0: The Bel Air Cove Motel is a rundown property in the Hamptons, a collection of towns on Long Island, New York, known for their extravagant wealth.
3: The place was an eyesore and should be demolished, I hope it is.
0: In the summer of 2019, I got a tip about the folks living at the Bel Air, and I ended up following the tail end of a years-long campaign to remove them from their home.
4: Our quality of life is compromised, all because of your, 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 and
3: your inactions.
0: The people who wanted them gone were mostly white and middle class. The people at the Bel Air were mostly poor and immigrants.
3: It became more and more clear that the issue was really about immigration and work status and whether these people were in the country legally and whether we should be educating them and using tax dollars to educate them.
1: This is the supposed to be country of the opportunities. And we feel like uh, every time, you know, it's hard, it's hard.
0: My name is Charles Lane. And this could be the story about every town. But this one is about immigration in the Hamptons. After I first met Nancy, I started hanging around the Bel Air and talking to the people and trying to figure out why it was closing. Espanol, English? Espanol. Me Carlos, periodista. The Bel Air Cove Motel is a one story building with a mostly dirt parking lot. Though it's hardly a motel anymore. There's mattresses stacked around the property, an old condemned pool, the grass is yellow and trash floats in the cove out back. All of its twenty rooms are now apartments, and the people who live in them are mostly immigrants. See, sí, pero no, no eres Honduras, uh, de... Honduras, sí, donde en Honduras.
3: In
0: my Spanish isn't very good but I did learn that most but not everyone here is from Central America.
1: Oh my name is María Arce uh, I'm from Costa Rica <laughs> I'm 60 years. In this property five years.
0: For some this is the only place that they've ever lived in the. US. Rent is cheap. It's about a five-minute drive into town, a hamlet of Southampton called Hampton Bays.
2: The
0: Hamptons are pretty much everything you've seen in the movies, mansions and lavish parties and some of the wealthiest and most powerful people in the world. But there are also pockets that don't get shown in the movies, like the Bel Air, this is where the workers live. Painters and day laborers, contractors, nannies, cleaners. Some of them are sending money back home. Hey, how are you? I come in? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's just friendly. Well, because she doesn't know you.
0: Others have made the Hamptons their home.
1: I like this country. I love this country. Sometimes my mom say, Hi, you for you forgot Costa Rica I say no, I born there. But this country gives me all the best I have.
0: This is where they go to school and church. It's where they've raised their kids.
3: Hello. 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 Can you hear it? Hello. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Sounds weird. (laughs) The Bel Air is run down, but the people here make up a vibrant community.
2: When I see the place... Through the window of my house, there's no other feeling than nostalgia.
0: You heard Eric Yolate at the beginning of the story. He has several jobs, one of which is property manager here at the Bel Air. He's been doing it for the last seven years.
2: You know, because it's the place where I grew pretty much my kids, where I made a lot of friends. Like Nancy, Eric immigrated from Costa Rica.
0: He doesn't go into specifics, and I don't press him for any All I know is that he really likes it here in the U.S. He has shoulders like a sheet rocker, four kids, and a minivan full of beach toys.
2: Everything is getting better. No matter what the pressure you have from no matter who, you can see that your family is growing up good, you are making new friends, you are living in one of the best neighborhoods in the the whole world.
0: Of course, all of this is now changing ever since those papers were handed out.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a really shame, I mean, really shame to see this place now because you feel like pretty much it's not your place anymore. As we talk, Eric's tone changes
0: from sorrow to anger to distress.
2: But there has to be a neutral ground in here. No more pushing from the town. And then uh, they have to give us a chance so we can find a place. It's not a thing like you have to live in the next 30 days. We need some time to live until the summer goes and then we can find a place around here in Hampton Bays where we live for, I've been living in here for 15 years.
0: When I ask Eric why the Bel Air is closing, he blames the town of Southampton first and foremost. Close seconds are the police, the wealthy, and just good old fashioned bigotry. To him, this is all just one concerted effort to push immigrants like him out of the Hamptons. In other words, harassment.
2: I mean, if my parents teach me a different language and I was grew up in a, in a different country when, when I was a kid, it doesn't mean that I don't have the right to find a, a house in the place I like.
0: When I press him for details, he brings up one specific person, a code enforcement officer with the town of Southampton.
2: He came... We talk and we say, well, we should do this, we should do that. That's fine.
0: Eric says this is the guy who knocked on Nancy's door. He mentions rumors that this code enforcer was trying to shut down the Bel Air, that he'd bait tenants into calling in bogus complaints, or that he'd ask them to intentionally cause violations. Some of these rumors half check out. Others don't. What I do know is, is that this officer eventually compiled together a 345-page complaint that, in the end, asked a judge to evict everyone from the Bel Air. Eric doesn't know much about this complaint. He just says that he tried his best to keep the Bel Air in working order. So I make a note to track down this code enforcer.
2: One of the things that I never felt that it was uh, fair is when about two or three cars were parked in the top side of the uh, property. A lot of what Eric
0: says is alarming, and it's going to take some work to figure out if it's true or not. Like this bit about a stakeout at the motel.
2: Yeah, over there.
0: He points further up the lawn as he explains.
2: Because they wanted to see how many kids were going to school, you know, like chasing, and then the kids were completely scared. They didn't want even to go to school. I have that problem with my kids. At other times, Eric would
0: go out and check the mail, and he'd see cars parked across the street. The people in the cars were taking pictures of children. Once, Eric says, one of the boys from the Bel Air saw them.
2: He came out from the bus, and somebody came taking pictures to him. And then he came just running inside my house. He knocked the door, and he said, somebody's taking pictures of me, what shall I do? So I came outside, the car already ran.
0: With all these rumors swirling around the Bel Air, I asked Eric if he'd be willing to help me with a story on the property.
2: I can't imagine anybody can come and and make a story out of this place because it's turning like a nightmare right now. It is turning right now.
0: What got me so interested in the Bel Air actually has to do with President Trump and his promises to take a tougher stance on immigration, the threats to revoke DACA and separate families at the border, Some people see these as a necessary step towards tightening national security, and others see them as xenophobia. So, as I'm talking to Eric, I'm wondering if the Bel Air doesn't tell a similar divide. Did the closing of this small motel on Long Island's East End tell a larger story about our divide over immigration?
2: They don't want me in here because they have this wall, you know what the wall is? The wall is less than a sixteenth of an inch. That is my color of the skin than yours. That is the difference. That is the wall that we have. People say, I don't want you to hear. They're going to make whatever they want to get me out of this place. From Better Call or from the United States of America.
3: Hi, this is Rima Dial, WSHU Station Manager. You've caught me a little bit out of breath as I am walking in my neighborhood to get my steps in for the hour, so says my fitness watch. But one of the things I love doing while I'm walking is listening to podcasts like this one. So if you love the stories that you're hearing on WSHU, the news that you're hearing, and the music that moves. You as well. Help keep our news, music, and stories on the air by making a financial contribution right now and go to wshu.org to do that. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy too and getting your steps in. Bye.
0: Thanks for uh, making time for me, guys. Yeah, we'll it wasn't too difficult to get the name of the code enforcement officer that Eric mentioned. One day, I went down to town hall to check on the Bel Air's violations, and they told me his name, Ricardo Larios. Again, Nancy says this is the guy who intimidated her. I wanted to meet and get his side of the story, and it wasn't exactly easy to get him to agree to an interview. But one day, we do meet in a conference room in a barn-like office building that I wouldn't want to be in during a tornado.
4: Can you introduce yourself? Say, my name is, and then, however, we should refer to you on the radio. My name is Ricardo Larras. I'm the town investigator for the town of Southampton.
0: Ricardo is just as big as Nancy described. He crosses his arms and sits as far away from me as possible. I move closer, and I ask, is he targeting the Bel Air?
4: I've never went to that property to say you, you know, where there's bugs or it's unsafe. You have to leave. Everything was addressed properly. We were never, we were. Not, I was never there to to force anybody out.
0: As much as I've heard about the Bel Air from Eric and Nancy, there's another side to the story. And for Ricardo, it all starts with a complaint that someone phoned in about an elderly tenant living at the motel. He drives out to check on her and. He's shocked at what he sees.
4: Uh, well, the worst that I remember was just the conditions.
0: There are bugs, sealed off fire exits, rooms with lots of extension cords and no smoke detectors.
4: I don't recall, but some were hanging off the wall. Some weren't even in, on the wall. Delarios, the
0: Bel Air is a step away from disaster. Like, what's the worst
4: case scenario? Like, like, the worst uh, case scenario is that the place burns down with everybody in it, and that's what the town was trying to avoid. That's why we fought so hard to to get everything right there.
0: In the town's eyes, those extension cords can kill people. So, Ricardo draws up a temporary restraining order. This is the 345-page complaint that I had read. In the end, it asks a judge to condemn the place and throw everyone out. Those hot plates and bed bugs make the place too dangerous to live in.
4: Because, like I said, when I go home, I want to be able to lay my head on a pillow and No, I did my job.
0: But then the town's plan goes awry. On the day of the hearing to evict everyone, Eric and all the other residents take off work. They show up at court. They say that Ricardo and the town are lying. The tenants beg the judge to let them stay, and the judge agrees with them. The residents can't be evicted unless the town finds them another place to live. But they do have to help clean up the place. And Eric has to do a better job of maintaining the property.
4: We got some, you know, we started getting compliance. We started, you know, our, our intention was not to get everybody ripped down and evicted. That wasn't our intention.
0: There was one more caveat, though. Um, does the name Nancy Casada ring any bells with you? Nancy. And this is where we get to Nancy and when she felt intimidated by Ricardo. She uh, had Unit 17. Uh, In the first two weeks of June, she was...
4: that's Eric's friend. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Do you remember the day that you...
0: Southampton and the Bel Air's owner apparently reached an informal agreement. No more new tenants. I asked to see this agreement, but it was apparently never written down. Just an understanding. An understanding that prompts Ricardo to knock on Nancy's door because the room should have been empty. But...
4: I look up and I see, and there's blinds up, there's clothes stacked, there's kids' toys by the door, there's a, a doormat.
0: There are some differences in the telling. Mainly, Ricardo says, it wasn't him who gave Nancy the eviction notice. But otherwise, their stories mostly align.
4: And then I had asked her when she moved in. She just said she moved in a few weeks ago.
0: He asks a bunch of questions about her family and her job and why she's living at the Bel Air.
4: For her accounting, um... Of this thing. She felt very intimidated. I don't consider myself intimidating. How tall But uh, I'm about one.
0: Do you know your chest size? What suit do you wear?
4: <laughs> yeah, I know my chest size. I don't, want, I don't know if I want it on the record, though. No, no I, I'm, I'm going to guess like 50. Yeah, 52.
0: Okay. That's, a, that's, that's pretty big,
4: dude. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah.
0: Okay. Ricardo understands why someone might be afraid of a big stranger in uniform knocking on their door especially if the other person had just arrived in the United States. But, he says, his intention wasn't to intimidate Nancy. He was just doing his job.
4: I can tell you that a lot of people, especially the Hispanic community, they're nervous about, you know, people, obviously, people knocking at a door in uniform. Listen, I grew up, I'm, I'm a little Hispanic boy from Brooklyn. I moved out to Long Island. You know, my parents bought a home out here, you know, back in uh, back in the 80s. So, um When I went to school, you know, I went to ESL. I knew Spanish first, and I learned English next.
0: Ricardo's parents immigrated from Nicaragua. He says he's familiar with the discrimination that Latinos face in the Hamptons.
4: I I grew up with it, so I know what it's like. I know what it's like to get picked on. I know what it's like to get judged. It happens. It's the world we live in, unfortunately. It's not just now. Maybe people think it's worse now. I don't know. I'm not, you know... All I know is that I do my job and I try to do it well. And I try to help those, you know, that are not willing to help themselves.
0: Help those who aren't willing to help themselves. It reminds me of something that Eric said. He said he was doing just fine until the town came along. After talking to Ricardo, I still have these questions. If the judge says no evictions and Eric is fixing the place, why is the Bel Air closing? Hello? I'm calling for a- May I ask calling? My name is Charles Lane. And what about this counting of the kids? One, it's creepy, and two, it really upset Eric. When I asked Ricardo about it, he said he didn't know, so... I started calling around to other people active in the community.
3: Is this
1: May I help you?
0: Uh, is this (laughs) I assume. May I help you? Oh, Lord. Um, uh, again, my name is Charles Lane. I am a reporter. I'm doing a story about the Bel Air Cove Motel. And your name has come up a couple of times. Why do people keep on hanging up on... No one wanted to talk. Hi, this is Charles Lane. I'm the reporter at WSU. Or if they did, they don't want to be identified or their voice used. Okay, I think what you just described is very important. And I would like to somehow get that on the record, on the radio. This person said, quote, I'm worried about physical harm. I'm not going to do it. Okay, no, I'm not, like, If you, <laughs> Jesus, I don't want you to, <laughs> to be afraid. What I do learn is that whatever is happening to the Bel Air is happening to other properties, too. They were being targeted. This woman here says she was forced to sell her motel.
3: Actually, I lost the place, the, the property that I worked for, for my husband and myself for my whole life.
0: Whatever was happening to the Bel Air was starting to look like a campaign. A secret campaign.
3: I felt sorry. I was crying for the people that were paying very little rent. They double their rent now, these apartments, the new owners. But I, I felt terrible. My, my heart was bleeding to tell them in a month.
0: It wasn't just Eric and Nancy at the Bel Air who were losing their home. In the end, I did track down one person willing to talk.
2: Is Tiffany Mr. Lane, what's oh.
0: that? Her name is Tiffany Scarlato. She used, she used to be an attorney for the town of Southampton, and now she's in private practice. I show up right on the heels of this big real estate deal that she just closed.
3: The, the thing they were most worried about wasn't the purchase of the house mm-hmm. as much as making sure the car was ready. In the
0: Hamptons, the maids are apparently paid in cars. Oh, so the maid goes with the house?
3: And it's a Mercedes station wagon. Is is it (laughs) really?
0: When I ask her about the Bel Air, she doesn't hang up on me. She doesn't kick me out. Instead, she tells me about a meeting.
3: There was a lot of tension in the room. There were a lot of people sort of looking at each other, giving each other side glances and nods.
0: She was meeting with members of a community group. They're all sitting around a long conference table. The disagreement is palpable.
3: I was very uncomfortable because I realized I was trying to explain something to people that were really not interested in listening to the answer, didn't want the answer, and most of all did not like the answer that they were getting.
0: The issue Tiffany was explaining to them has to do with a person's Fourth Amendment rights, specifically how you just can't enter someone's home without a warrant.
3: So there were discussions like that that were kind of disregarded, and they sort of said, no, We don't care about that. We want you to enforce the law. Enforce the law.
0: The group members are all men, and one guy takes the lead.
3: Probably your average working class person, but quite loud and bombastic in his exuberance over the issue at hand. A little bit angry.
0: He wants more aggressive code enforcement, particularly this one part of Southampton town code that says no more than two adults can sleep in one bedroom.
3: And at some point, I I sort of remember just throwing my hands kind of up in the air and saying, "Okay, we can't do that that way.
0: So they really wanted you to, I mean, well, maybe they just didn't understand. Like, I mean, they weren't really expecting you to, like, bust down the door, right?
3: Yes, I believe that they were. I, I believe that their frustration with the process was our adherence to things like search and seizure <laughs> and regulations and the idea that you just can't walk into someone's house and count the number of people sleeping in every bedroom in the house.
0: What also caught Tiffany's eye was this spreadsheet that the group had. The group's leader passes it across the table. It's filled with hundreds of addresses, homes, and apartments that they want the town to investigate for overcrowding. And if you were to study this list carefully, one name might pop out at you, the Bel Air Cove Motel. You look a little queasy talking about this.
3: I thought it was rather odd.
0: And next to the name of each property is the number of children living there. Did you say so? Yes.
3: Yes. What did she say? I said, I don't like the... I, I said, are you really and seriously sitting outside of houses and counting children getting on the bus? And they said, how else do you think we're getting this information?
0: Okay, do you remember who said
3: that? Mike Dunn. Who closed
0: the Bel Air? The truth is, it starts with one person. Until it consumes the entire town. That's the next episode of Every Town. The story was written and produced by Max Wasserman and edited by Ann Lopez. Fact-checking by James Bowen. It was reported by myself, Charles Lane. For more information, visit our website, everytownpodcast.org.